Hello and welcome to What the Story Ghost. I'm your host, Annette. And I'm Stevie. And today we are on episode 24. Stephen! Annette! <laughs> Have you ever heard of the Fairmount Banff Springs? No. No. But I'm going to guess, is it in Canada? Yes. Because there's an airline called Banff in Canada. Oh! I think it is. I've seen an ad one time in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> and, and now that I've read ahead of your script, I can see it's Stop in Alberta. My notes. Yeah, it's in Alberta, Canada. So we're going to cover the hotel today and the ghost and ghoulies that won't check out. So we crack on? Crack me onwards and upwards. The Fairmount Banff Springs is located in the picturesque alpine town of Banff, Alberta, Canada. The hotel itself is gargantuan, but in a very beautiful way. It looks like a castle or like Hogwarts at Christmas. Kind of, if you close one eye and squint the other. The sheer size of the building is something you would expect to see in New York City, like the Plaza Hotel. But Banff, Alberta is anything but a city. The entire town, including the hotel, is situated in Banff National Park. But it's not a quiet or deserted little village. Banff is a resort town and one of Canada's most popular tourist destinations. Known for its mountainous surroundings and hot springs, it's a destination for those who love hiking, biking, scrambling and skiing. And where there are attractions, there are people. And where there are people, there are stories. And this hotel has had its fair share of both. But as always, let's start from the beginning. In 1883, three Canadian Pacific Railway or CPR workers stumbled upon a series of natural hot springs on the side of Sulphur Mountain. Those at CPR saw the opportunity and jumped on it. The Banff Springs Hotel, as it was formerly known, was built in 1888, costing a whopping $250,000, approximately $7.1 million today but a very expensive mistake made by their builder changed the intended orientation of the building, turning its back on the mountain vista. The building included more than 100 rooms, centred on a five-storey octagonal rotunda. More than 200 rooms were added in 1902 and the building renovated. By 1906, plans were advanced for a complete overhaul of the hotel building, proposing a replacement of much of the original structure. Walter Painter, chief architect for CPR, designed an 11-storey central tower in concrete and stone, flanked by two wings, but construction of the wings would be delayed by World War I. This time correctly orientated to the dramatic view, the so-called Painter Tower was completed in 1914, at the cost of $2 million, with 300 guest rooms and for some time became the tallest building in Canada. There was a photo taken of the kitchen staff in 1913, just before the war. In the photo, the staff are posed coming down what looks like an external staff staircase, say like to the bins, but more likely used as an area where the staff would come and get a break from the hot kitchen. Well, to the left of the photo, behind the stairs, is half a person. Not the top or the bottom half, but the whole left side of somebody's body, wearing a white coat not unlike the kitchen staff. Could it be double exposure? Yes, of course, but I'm not here for that. I wonder, was it a premonition seeing as the photo was taken not long before the war? Anyway, the hotel was a popular location for big events such as lavish weddings. In the 1920s, one wedding that took place at the hotel ended in grief and sorrow. 
The story goes that the captivating bride was ascending one of the exquisite marble staircases to marry her love and then they would celebrate with friends and family into the night in the Cascade Ballroom. At the time, this particular staircase didn't have a railing. It was lined with tall candles. It's thought that her veil snagged one of the candles and it caught a light. In a frightened movement, she was knocked off balance and fell down the stairs. Her husband-to-be and guests, hearing the commotion, ran to her aid, but there was nothing they could do. She had broken her neck and died. Shortly after this tragic accident, it was documented that hotel guests, having never heard the story, reported seeing a woman in a white wedding dress, walking down the stairs and disappearing into thin air. Guests also reported seeing a woman in a white dress that appeared to be on fire standing on the staircase and then suddenly disappearing. As well as that, a faint image of a bride dancing all by herself weeping in her wedding gown in the Cascade Ballroom had been reported at night. And staff had also heard sobbing and noises in the bridal suite on nights when it was empty. The hotel went on being renovated and improved upon, no one noticing the bad energy clinging to the hotel walls. And as bad luck would have it, a fire in 1926 would destroy the original structure. The Fairmont Bath Springs kept on going though. Two new wings were completed and opened just two years later in 1928. In 1939, on their royal tour of Canada, the monarch of Canada, King George VI and Queen Elizabeth visited the hotel. The hotel would see many celebrities pass through its doors, including Marilyn Monroe in 1953. It was then shut from 1942 to 1945 to free up labour for the war effort, but that didn't mean that the halls were empty. With no known timeline, it's hard to say when this particular gruesome myth happened, so here seems as good a time as ever. Legend has it that in room 873, a husband, troubled by God knows what, murdered his wife and young daughter. And either on realising what he had done and being consumed with grief and regret, or it being part of his plan, he then proceeded to take his own life. Once the police conducted their investigation, hotel staff entered the horrific crime scene in an attempt to clean it. But try as they might, it said that the little girl's handprints would not wash off the mirror in the room. Every single time the room received a new guest, the staff received complaints of bloody handprints on mirrors disembodied voices and a little girl in the corridors on the 8th floor, wandering only to disappear. As a result of the unexplained sightings and the difficulty keeping hotel guests happy in that room, the room was sealed off. Today, if you walk down the 8th floor corridor, you'll find a row of doors and overhead lights and where room 873 was, you'll find an overhead light, but no door. The hotel says that they've often combined small rooms to make one room bigger, and that may or may not be true, but should you visit the 8th floor, don't knock on the wall. You'll either really annoy the guests staying in the new larger room 875, or you'll wake up some poor tormented soul who may not take it too kindly. Unfortunately, room 873 is not the only room the hotel has where guests keep looking to extend their stay. Guests have also reported unusual noises and chilling drafts coming from room 692, which the hotel also has trouble booking. Other guests have sworn that they've seen the reflection of a ghostly child in the window, heard a baby crying, or felt something crawling up the bed at night. 
Another guest mentioned her experience in room 291. She describes waking up on the first night of her stay feeling paralysed, which on its own is terrifying. She goes on to describe seeing a female spectre wearing a white dress, standing in front of a mirror, with candles all around her on the floor. But then there's the sweet tale of Sam Macaulay, the kindly old Scotsman who was the head bellman during the 60s and 70s. He's been sighted about the hotel since his passing in 1975. Supposedly, Sam is a very helpful sort of spirit, and most stories involving him mention some service he's provided to staff or guests. One incident involved two elderly ladies calling the bell desk for assistance after they found their key would not work. The regular bellman was occupied with other duties and didn't respond for 15 minutes. By the time he arrived at their door, it was unlocked and they were inside. One of the women said an older bellman in a plaid jacket matching Sam's description exactly had helped them. Other stories include guests seeing Sam haunting his old office, now a guest room on the mezzanine floor, as well as seeing apparitions, phantom lights, elevator doors opening and closing at random, and feeling cold spots on the 6th, 7th or ninth floors of the hotel. There's also another staircase in the hotel where laughing and talking and screaming have been heard. The lesser known but still spooky apparitions would be the headless man who somehow plays the bagpipes, or the bartender who's been witnessed by staff and guests alike, encouraging patrons who have perhaps had a little too much to drink to maybe go to bed. I have to admit, Maybe it's because I'm Irish and would normally take a lot for us to complain, but when I heard that some guests had left remarks noting their pillows were pulled from under their head while they slept, or that they were pushed out of bed by an invisible force, that would be enough for me. Like, I am a reasonable woman and I respect all things otherworldly and paranormal, but I'm a mom and a twin mom at that, so sleep is precious. If you wake me and you are not one of my twins, beware. Even ghosts are afraid of tired mamas. That was really, that was really well. That was really well read. <laughs> no, I thought that was really interesting. There's a lot of stories in there, and you got straight to the ghost. Do you like that? Yeah. Uh, I do like the history too, but sometimes I like to just get straight into the scare. I couldn't not tell the history though, because it's like all this stuff was happening. Like, how do you mix up the orientation of the way you want the hotel to face? And then all of a sudden, there's a, a bride, and then a fire, and I'm like, how is nobody noticing that this place is clearly haunted from the get go? Well, no. I think all of these people that are getting their pillows pulled and they're crawled up and it's all a big PR stunt. Oh, do you reckon? There's just, they've hired people to come in and crawl up beds, pull pillows, do all that stuff. Yeah. Because there's, there's a restaurant, I think it's in the States and it's like everybody's rude. All the staff. Oh yeah, all the I was only thinking about and that. And they're just absolute ignorant poopy heads. <laughs> and they're just mean and you come in and you're like, Oh, what have you got in the specials? And I was like, what, what does it look like? Have? You know, that kind of Can attitude. you read the menu yourself? Yeah, yeah real snotty. Horrible experience. And people pay for this. So they are a little house. in denial about 873. But they do lean into the haunted part of the hotel. I don't like it when hotels are like, no, there's nothing like that going on. Because at least then, if something happens, you're, the hotel kind of say to you, look, it's totally fine. You'll probably see Sam McCauley popping his head around to see if you're okay. Pay no heed to him. And if you see a woman coming down the stairs, that's totally fine. She is actually on a stamp. Like, she was so well known, she ended up on a postage Ooh, stamp. That's um, crazy. But I love the way the hotel have kind of leaned into it. I'm not 100% sure if the one from The Shining did or didn't. 
because they were like that there was ghosts um yeah i don't you need to watch the shining before you start talking i about haven't it. watched the shining There's i feel all sorts of ghosts and stuff from yeah. the place the similarities between these though would be that when it was originally open it was seasonal so yeah. it closed during the summer months but i haven't i haven't seen the shining so i don't feel like i can comment on it's it very good because I think, like, use it to your advantage. Absolutely. Get the get the punters in, you get know? Get the ghost hunters in. They spend, Absolutely. They spend tons just to have full access. Like. Are you a fan of Zoolander? It's okay to say no. Uh, no. Because I was Googling some bits and pieces while you were talking there just to see what came up. But I stumbled on the Banff Merman. There's a merman in Banff. Uh-huh. Now, Banff is in Wales as well. Uh, oh no! It might not be Banff in. It might not be Wales. It might be Scotland. Yeah, I think it's actually Scotland because I know it that seems very Scottish. Now that I look, oh no, that's snowy. Banff, Alberta, Atlas. No, I was wrong. My apologies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at your man there. He's all. He's it's got... it's only just because the mermaid episode that we covered actually was based on merm. We didn't cover mermen. It was only merwomen. Look at this fella. He's a pretty young fella, isn't he? That's terrifying. Look look at this this particular terrifying beauty. He's delicious looking. Disney has our heads ruined where we're supposed to think that mermaids are pretty with long red hair and have fair skin. Like, when have you ever known a pretty fish? I think, obviously... Well, this guy's been in a glass cage for I don't know how long. He may have... He may have being a pretty fish man. No, but this is just at it, some though. Point. There's nothing to say that mermen or more women or more people aren't beautiful in their own rights. I just think they don't look like us. Why would they look like us? They live underwater. If I was underwater for long enough, I'd be a bit puffy. I'd be a bit pruny. Yeah. Have you got anybody for anybody? Oh, let's play Who Would Kathy Bates Play? But let's build our way up to that with The Bridesmaid. The Bride? The Bride. The Bride. Oh, yeah. Always a bride, never a bridesmaid. <laughs> Uh, I am going to take one from a Stranger Things catalogue. Oh, okay. Uh, you look delighted with me there. Natalia Dyer. She okay. plays Nancy in... Is she one of the moms? I know. I don't want to say she's one of the kids. But oh, she's... she's one of the kids, but she's like the young adult. Team. Like she's gone to, in the last season, she's gone to no, college. No, 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 it could be age appropriate there, but because in the 1920s, you didn't get married when you were 13. You'd already sorted out your career. You got married when you were your in your teens. Your career was being a wife. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, so, well, she's gone. She's gone off to college because she's a smart one in the group. Okay, so she's young, but she's not. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. All right. Well, well, the family. Let look. Let's just be, not beat around the bush and go straight to it. It's uh, Jack Nicholson. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Cool. Danny Lloyd and Shelley Duvall. Shelley Duvall. Uh, my my squiggles are appalling. <laughs> essentially, they're the three people played in The Shining, and you know, yes, okay, the child has been played by a boy here. But, you know, you can do it in the movies, why can't you do it in real life? Yeah, but again, I, I had no time stamp for that one. So that could have been a long, long time ago when boys had longer hair. So maybe they've mistaken the boy. Oh, I suppose. Unless he's wearing a pair of culottes. I don't see how they'd mistake a girl in girls' clothes for a boy. Well, in Shakespearean times, often you would find uh, the parts of women were pay- played by boys. Yeah, I've watched Shakespeare in Love. No, Macbeth. No, what's the one with Pepper Fox? King Lear. No. To Kill a Mockingbird. No, that's... Gwen Paltrow's in it. I don't Anyone know. Anyone listening to us right now is screaming out the name of the Shakespearean play. Oh, I think it's a Midnight Summer's Dream. Oh, no, no I don't know. Uh, in Love and the... I don't know. Does Mother know you wear with her drapes? No, she doesn't. Don't tell her. Okay. 
I was quoting yeah, Iron Man there, but okay, cool. Uh, I Googled the place. It looks really nice. We should go stay there. No, no. No, no, Stephen. No. One night in that place is a haunting price. That That's the next oh. haunting part. It is quite expensive. So go on. The last one there I think we should talk about is Sam, Sam McCauley. Yeah, he's a ni- he sounds nice. He sounds like he's more helpful than spooky or anything. I have two Scottish people in mind. They're both a bit mischievous and a bit playful. Oh, he has been known to mix up people's luggage. On purpose or is he just a, a messer? Uh, no, he's a messer. He's a messer. It's not by accident. Like Well, then... Well, then it depends on what age you want to be. you want to play young uh, Sam McCauley or old Sam McCauley? I want both. Who have you okay, got well, old Sa- oh, Mature Sam McCauley <laughs> is Billy Connolly. Oh, yeah. That would be brilliant. And Wildcard thrown in there for his acting debut for young Sam McCauley is Lewis Capaldi. I can't picture his face. Shall I Google him yes, for you? Yes, google him He's for He's really him. famous. Yeah, I don't know who that is. Before you go, someone you loved. How tall is he? I don't know. I never stood beside him. <laughs> this is not the questions that come up on Google. When they're like, <laughs> people also ask, how rich was Lewis Capaldi? How did Lewis Capaldi get famous? Is Lewis Capaldi any relation to Peter Capaldi? Next question is, who is Peter Capaldi? What, what is Lewis <laughs> Capaldi's real name? Okay, let's get back serious. We're doing this. So, Lewis Capaldi yeah. would be the young. Okay. I'm going to have to go with option A. Billy? Billy Connolly. All the way. Alright, well that's your choice. But even when he's young... it's semi-segment. No, I know, I'm sorry. You keep doing this. <laughs> I'm not You give me one piece of thing I can do on the show. I'm sorry, I'm there. Have we got everyone there? That's... Uh, oh, 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 Kathy Bates could play the wife. I picture her as a scrappy... Wife. Yeah, the one who oh. got murdered, but I'd say she put up a fight. Yes. She's uh, been scrappy. She does, and she breaks some ankles. James Can was the... Have you seen Misery? Yes. The day of this recording, I read on Facebook earlier that James Cann passed away. He was the victim of Kathy Bates in the film. Oh my goodness. What else has he been in? He's been in tons of things. For the viewers at home, and that's flicking true. Sorry, he was a very fine looking man when he was older, oh. or younger. Um, I do have to mention one thing. I know we have a giggle and a laugh about who plays who and who does what, Um, but we mean it in a, in a playful but yeah still respectful kind of way like obviously if that did happen because the hotel are denying it down to the ground they're not playing into that at all if it did happen it's tragic and it's awful and that's why i read it the way i did because clearly the man was disturbed or troubled by something so we don't mean it in a cruel kind of you know making fun kind of way it's just a playful kind of way that we do it so the hotel have been known to take two small rooms and make them into a larger suite. No, sorry. I've watched a YouTube video of a suite. So you can put as many rooms together as you like. But the tower suites are huge. There's like two floors in the tower suites. They're absolutely massive. So putting two rooms together isn't going to make a suite. I, I take that word back. But they, they, they have been known to put two rooms together. So if you do happen to go to the hotel... Don't knock on the door. I watched a, a woman on YouTube. She's knocking on the wall and it's concrete, concrete, concrete. And then ah, she's the board. just figuring out where the choices are. So she's going to hang a, a picture. But no, this is just a woman who was going for a walk on the eighth floor. She's obviously found the missing door. But you're now knocking on someone's wall and yeah. they're like right, but the, their bed was right beside your, where you're knocking on the wall. So maybe don't. Uh, for the two reasons that I mentioned. One, you're going to really annoy one of the patrons actually staying in the hotel. Or two, someone will come and, and kill you. And you'll become a ghost and live there forever. Yeah, and then you'll be on our podcast. Yay! And we can play. Who would play you? <laughs> Have we anything else? No, I'm good. Are we all good? Good. Nice short, short and sweet episode. Um, I 
enjoyed doing the research on that one. It was interesting. So, if if you have any comments or queries on today's episode or any other episode we've covered or any recommendations, please feel free to DM us on our Instagram. It's What's the Story Ghost. If you have any personal stories of your own or experiences that you would like to share with us, our email is What's the Story Ghost at gmail.com. And with that being said, Exit jingle. <laughs> and that is called unprepared. Bye. Bye.